You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Thanks for checking out this recording on Lone Star Community Radio. This is Dick, the general manager of Lone Star Community Radio, and I wanted to give you a quick reminder of what's going on with us for the month of September. A new show has been added to our lineup. The Good News with Ted Cox is going to be on Tuesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. during our talk block. And also joining the talk block is going to be Mornings with Lone Star. Every weekday from 10 to 11 a.m., Mornings with Lone Star will extend their normal programming for music into talk. That's right. Starting from now on, from 8 to 11 a.m., Mornings with Lone Star. First two hours, music, talk, fun. And then from 10 to 11, more nitty-gritty talk radio for you. Also extending their time slot is going to be our favorite Saturday morning show, Grit and Grace. They're going to be extending their hours from 8 to 10 a.m. every Saturday morning for you. Also, the last reminder is we still have plenty of talk slots available for those who want to be a talk show host and also volunteer DJs for music. If you're interested in those kind of things, please let the studio know at lscrstudios at gmail.com or call the station at the message line at 936 647 3776. Thanks again for checking out Lone Star Community Radio and I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. It's been a long time But my time is finally near I will see my dream come alive at last I will touch the sky And they're not gonna hold me down no more No, they're not gonna change my mind Oh, Dick, thank you so much for that bumper music today. If you don't know what it is, that was the theme song to, well, it started off as just Enterprise, then they finally caved in and changed it to Star Trek Enterprise. I was swaying to that one. I loved that. That was cool. People hate it. It's great. I love it. Welcome to Morning's Lone Star, the talk block. The nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. We're going to be here till about 11 o'clock, and then we're going to continue on with talk radio. On Lone Star Community Radio, so stick around. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna talk a little, I guess, some sensitive topics and right, our ideas. We're getting political today. I'm loving so, it. So, uh, and we want you to join in. Mornings of Lone Star on Facebook or call in nine three six six four seven three seven seven six. I know our early talks were more about the Emmys and kind of the ridiculousness of uh, Alec Baldwin winning an Emmy for his appearance as Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live, beating out. All the regular actors who were actually <laughs> Real TV. Actors. yeah well it, well they're, they're, he's an actor but uh, you know you know going down the fine line of what sketch comedy is and then what should be eligible for a comedy series is it the same thing I would say no he was in a like you said he was in a sketch comedy that's not a series like a TV series right it was so, it was a seven minute sketch uh, on a comedy variety show. Because they actually have a whole another category for sketch comedy. Correct. So that's why that's why I kind of like they're why I mean why did they do this? But outside the reason that seems obvious is they just wanted to bash Trump. It a lot of the monologues went that it's the pulse of the nation. It's it's cool. Would to, it be cool to be smart about bashing Trump? There's I would be, like that. Have you heard anything cool or or no? Smart? It's seriously it's gotten to the point where like I said, a stand-up comedian can go on the stage. And say a, you know, not as nice version of forget Trump or yeah. screw Trump or whatever. And the audience goes wild and that's all they have to do. It's almost like, you know, the I'd buy that for a dollar. It's it's everyone's con- conditioned to say something bad about the current president. And again, let me let me specify that whether this were Trump or Obama or, or Carter or Jefferson, I don't care. It's, you know, it's the office of the president. Well, the audience has always been there, but... It's always been kind of it's different in every, different parts of the country, and now basically it's the the audience that's there is the things you watch on TV every time. Every time, but everyone, it's like politically, I see no difference now between Colbert, Conan, uh, Kimmel, you know, all all the ones because they've all turned it into. Let me take my monologue just to say what stupid things the president did today, and the audience goes woo. And that's it. Now every acceptance speech has to be, you know, we must fight the man, we must fight the president, president sucks. And that's, as you just said, there's no smartness to it. It's, I love rapier sharp wit. I love uh, not being bashed over the head with it. Um, You know, we always tend to bring things back to Star Trek. 
I loved in the original that they had to get kind of in your face with it because it was the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Roddenberry wanted to um, make some s- social statements and had to couch it in a science fiction format. For instance, you know, the first interracial kiss was on Star Trek. It was Kirk and Uhura, a white man kissing a black woman, but the network insisted that he be under alien mind control to force it to happen. But it's still at least the kiss happened, or you had a black woman in a position of power. And this was in a time that for another 10 years, a married woman couldn't even have her own bank account. So leading the way, you had that special episode where the guy was white, like white on one side and black on the other. And then he's at total war with the guy who's black on the other side. And that, so there was subtext there, Dick. I'm just trying to figure out what Dude, it was. That's one thing as a writer and I, I'm looking at the Emmys and who do you want to write for and things like that. And I think shows like Star Trek give you a premise of allowing you to have those political debates or talks or opinions, but it's subtly in it. And they, I mean, Star Trek is filled with oh, that stuff. Absolutely. All and it, what's funny is it wrote itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a lot of people, and, and they just, they cared about the writing to where when you watch an episode, you kind of don't, you don't get hit over the head with it. But after a while, you start seeing the patterns, and especially with the characters, you're like, oh, okay, now I kind of understand what's going to happen here. Because it inspired Dick, and that's the thing. You know, Star Trek, the original show, inspired Whoopi Goldberg to get into acting because she she saw a strong black woman. Uh, Mae Jensen, the, the first black female astronaut to go into space, was inspired to because of Uhura on Star Trek. So these things inspired. No one's getting inspired anymore now. It's just, let's bash. And that's, that's where the turnaround is. Well, happened. people are getting inspired by folks on YouTube. That's where it's coming from. People mm-hmm. who are looking for that inspiration are finding those sources online, not through the main, I guess, the mainstream media or through what is the, the top three channels, in a sense. Right. And the, uh, you know, I hate to say it, the mainstream media because that lumps us right in with, you know, all the, the conservative talk hosts of the universe. But certain stories or themes seem to be favored by them. And I think it's because... There's so many different other channels and outlets, for instance, you know, like the Emmys. Most of these shows were not on network television. The networks are suffering. So the big three have to appeal to the masses. And right now the masses are the president sucks. And so they are catering or kowtowing to that with every conceivable broadcast. I can't see a late night show without it just lambasting the president. There's nothing else. And I miss the days of Carson or... You know, I saw Jack Parr in in reruns, and there was you could get the same point across with a with a scalpel, with a with a thin blade, not the sledgehammer that I think is being wielded today. Well, I guess we'll really know in long time in a long period of time, see how it really holds up. Because you know, at one point, people are always talking about core cutting and TVs kind of going down, or cable TVs kind of losing its revenue. And my theory is the the biggest one's going to happen is when the NFL doesn't get their big check, as they got you know four point whatever billion dollars because the satellite TV and all them don't see it being worth it because they're losing subscribers. But mm-hmm. everyone's always going to watch. Football. There will always be, and that's the thing. You know, when there, whenever there's like a, a society shift or a technological advance, when the e-reader came out, oh, no more books, or you know, when Amazon came out originally. Oh, no more books. There will always be books. There will always be newspapers. There will always be... Uh, I remember back in the early 80s, there was this big thing in England that they were having automated disc jockeys. You know, the night shift would... They'd take the tapes, the little robots, and it was, oh, no, no, there will be no more disc jockeys or, you know, anything... Or, or when the synthesizer came out, no more well, guitars. What, there will always be. What do you think happened? Because it's funny that a video killed the, the radio star... <laughs> And then all, all it's funny about that is MTV ended itself. I remember the good days because MTV was music. I remember the original four disc of VJs. So when does that happen? Like it, you don't really know. It, and it, what happened was they had to appeal to the younger audience because the we were growing with the music. I moved back to America in 1982, right when MTV was just starting. Mm-hmm. So I would grow with that music. So as Madonna went from you know young pop star to fashion political icon younger kids couldn't track with that 
And so they had to keep it relevant because I'm not going to be watching a lot of the new music because I'm tracking with my generation of music. So they created VH1. And then it was VH1 Classic. So now I can watch the 80s videos on VH1 Classic because VH1 is, is now this. And MTV, they just finally gave it up, the, the music aspect, uh, with the, you know, the unscripted. Uh, Real World, I think, was the turning point. For well, them. I think there was a balance. They could have they could have looked at programming-wise because so much programming in 24 hours. And it's really hard to fund 24 hours of good programming. And you have to have that balance. And that's why I think reality TV really hit... The, the accounting over at the major TV networks because it's so easy to produce. Easy and cheap. You and, don't have to pay big stars. And it fills mm-hmm. a lot of time. Like, I didn't realize how how much time it felt or filled was until uh, The Bachelor. My girlfriend watched The Bachelor. And I was like, I'm so, sorry. Well, no, I was like, how often is it on? And, they ch- and what's crazy to me is they change it up. They actually coordinate more episodes of it when there's a downtime. So, like, for example, I think it's, like, a CBS – what's channel? I don't even know what channel. On ABC. Mm-hmm. ABC lost a lot of its sports programming. And so they teamed up with ESPN. I guess they, ESPN now is owned whatever. But basically the, the week that they don't have an NFL game, they fill it in with more Bachelor. Because some weeks there's four hours of it or six hours of it. I'm like, that's way too much – TV viewing for me, mm-hmm. and they fill it in with stuff because like they—that's how they compete with other people who are attracting an audience. And I mean, there's just no way to fund that kind of programming and be effective with it. Right. Well, you got to try to get the funding in. Big Brother's another one. So you have an hour or two hours or whatever a week, but then log on, and for only ten bucks a month, you get to watch our. How many people did it? Surveillance. I have no idea because I just I refuse to to people watch. People did it. The only. Kind of like reality show that I, I truly loved. It was called the Joe Schmo Show. Yeah. Did you see that? I've, I know the premise. Oh, it was wonderful. For those of you who don't know, it was a fake reality show where everybody was in on the gag except for this one guy who thought he was on a real reality show. And it was kind of a cross between Big Brother and The Bachelor. And they had taken this guy's questionnaire when he, you know, they were like, oh, looking for people to be on the show. And so they catered the show around him. And they had all the stereotypes, you know, the the bad boy with the secret heart of gold and the princess and stuff. And he really grew to like these guys and was almost devastated when at the end it was revealed that it was all a setup that he was the only one. I, who didn't believe, know I mean, he signed off on it. He, he, he got it eventually. Well, like I said, originally he thought he was on a game show and they just wanted to see how outrageous they could make it without him clicking. And he never clicked. And some, for instance, I remember this one bit, if I'm remembering correctly, he'd written down that he was allergic to chocolate. And then he also uh, wrote down that one of his, he he had a total crush on this adult film star, female actress. And so one of the uh, uh, assignments he had to do was they got this adult film star in covered in chocolate. And he, somewhere on her body was like the clue for the next, the next assignment because they knew it's still going on. The show is still no, going. no, no. It only lasted uh, one or two seasons because after the first season, like the gag, it was over. But they'd scripted it in their heads that since he's allergic, there's no way he's going to lick this woman's body to get the clue. So they planned accordingly. And then he went on and started like licking her body, <laughs> even though he's allergic to the chocolate. And in the control room, you see them scrambling like, oh, my God, he's not supposed to have done this. And they had to adapt accordingly. It was a great show. I loved it. Um <laughs> The, the the Joe Schmo show, um, check. I wonder if it's on a one of the streaming services or something. You can bootleg it somewhere. I'll find we don't it encourage somewhere. that though. Yeah, but, no, uh, that's bad. We got to take a break. You're listening to the Talk Block of Mornings and Lone Star with Skippy and Dick. That's Having us. a good time. Uh, just let us know what's going on. Mornings and Lone Star on Facebook. We'll be right back after these messages. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. 
have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936 Conroe C or 936 266 7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at ConroeCoffee.com. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. And we are back with the talk block of Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. I'm Skippy. He's Dick. Hey. 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 What's up, doggy? We're just hanging out, having a good time. And, uh, of course, it's Monday, so it's kind of a downer. <laughs> uh, it can only go up from here, right? Yeah, true. There we go. Always the optimist. You know, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier I had an interesting weekend with the fight. Uh, basically, I got a phone call. And my sister and her husband were having uh, a wedding over there in Montgomery. And they were going to stop by afterwards or whatnot. And I got a phone call around 6 o'clock. And it's uh, my brother-in-law. He filled up his truck with the wrong type of gasoline. Oh, no. So, uh, you, I don't know. I, he's a diesel truck, one of those huge whatever. And he filled it up with the E85. Uh, uh, flex fuel, flex right? fuel. So uh -huh. I, get, I get there and I was like, "So what do we do? What do you do in this situation?" Because he didn't start the car; he was just filling up. He said he's on the phone, just doing the normal thing. And then he looked up while after you know putting the thing in, and just looked up, turned around, and goes, "Oh, this isn't diesel." <laughs> Oops. And I felt bad for that because I could totally see every. I, can, I wonder how often that happens. I wonder because um, I know that. Um some, Unless yeah. it's an urban legend that the diesel, the the nozzles are a different size that won't fit into a non-diesel engine, typically. Um, I don't think that's the case. Uh oh Well, because what confused me, too, is I remember diesel being green. Right. But some places do have it as yellow. Mm -hmm. And some places have yellow for unleaded. Like, I remember when the old shells, all their handles were yellow. Well, I think the natural assumption of, of him was that flex fuel kind of was there and then it wasn't uh, you, you know unless you're in like one of those uh truck stop stations halfway up i-45 that your kroger's gas stations and your typical shell station don't tend to have the flex fuel and so i think it was a natural mistake on his end i'm glad to hear he didn't start the truck up did that have has there been a follow-up have, have they been able to well basically it? the reason he called me was they he got a, tow, a record to come mm -hmm. and take it to golo ford and I never, I've never experienced anything like this because he was, it was getting late, and it was Saturday night, and uh, we, we, the truck driver finally came, and what's funny, his truck so big when the truck driver came that it looked like he, his truck was getting, giving, getting a piggyback <laughs> of like a person twice his size. So this huge truck, and we're following, and I'm like, this car is so big, like your car is way too big for for being on this truck on this tow truck. And the dude, I think the dude knew it too. He was scared. He took all the back roads to go to Golo, <laughs> and uh, well, even when we got to Golo, he's like, we, the guy was like, "Yeah, just put it underneath the the bin." And I was like, "I don't think it's gonna fit because it has to turn and or drop it off." Meaning like the the system goes up and just drops it at an angle. And I was like, "It's gonna hit the roof. It's gonna hit the roof." But I think they know what they're doing at Golo, and they dropped he dropped off his keys. I was like, "I can't believe people just drop off their keys here," and. Uh, because no one was working. It was like at 8 o'clock. We finally got there like at 8.30, 8 o'clock. Okay. And, yeah, it was just kind of funny. So, folks, uh, one thing I learned is the price of what it costs. It costs around 300 to $600 to drop your full tank because you have to take it out, empty it, and all that kind of stuff. But if you start your car, mm -hmm. it's like six grand. Oh, I was about to say that that makes all the difference in the world. I'm so glad he, he found out. Well, then I felt, the I felt bad. I felt weird because I've never been at a gas station for more than five minutes. Mm-hmm. We were there for an hour and like ten, waiting like cause the tow, the truck. This is what I love is we get a call from the tow truck driver. He's like, "Yeah, we'll be there in thirty minutes. We're coming from the woodlands." Thirty minutes later, we call. Oh, I had to send the other guy somewhere else. We're sending somebody right now, and I'm like, "Well, wouldn't you want to call somebody who's like waiting?" Yeah, thanks for the update, buddy. Yeah, and then like, why would you divert somebody unless it was emergency? 
And so clearly if you're stranded somewhere, they don't care unless you're in a wreck, I think, because they can compete. And I think that's how they make their money. So uh, Well, you not, you've learned your he, lesson. You didn't have Tom. AAA. Here was, you go. I knew we were going to segue into AAA. My uh, mother, after last uh, Friday's broadcast, I go to see her and I open the door and I'm greeted with, what is your problem with AAA? <laughs> well, you know, if I, I if you drank the juice, I guarantee they come get you real fast. Right. Dick and Skippy are the two lone voices together um, of reason trying to educate the masses over the potential Illuminati-level secret society control that AAA has over the brainwashed masses. Yep. It's going to happen. Thank God we don't sound crazy talking about but that. But we're sitting outside, right, for an hour at this gas station. Okay. And I felt like we were going to get the cops called on us <laughs> because we're just sitting there. Like, I was like, this is really weird. You were, like, hung out at a gas station because the people who I think of hanging out at a gas station, I was like, we should get some beer, put some brown bags around it, <laughs> smoke some cigarettes, and get those weird – like, you're not supposed to be smoking cigarettes here at the gas station. And – uh which I mean, you see the people go in and out of it. It was it was good. I had a I mean, you were just sitting whole there. new experience for whole Dick. new experience. That's awesome. And uh, and it was great. Was he's like, let's just sit in the car with the car on. And I'm like, that's even more suspicious. We're just sitting here waiting at a gas station, you know, running gas. And then uh, it was it was really funny. The whole experience was a little different for me, but uh, yeah. Well, there we go. So everyone, be uh, be warned out there. Flex fuel pumps are still there, and they do fit diesel uh, engine gas tank things, whatever they're called. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's funny as the record heard this before. He's like, "This is a normal thing." Really? Yeah, it happens all the time. I just. Just watch out. People with diesel trucks, let's get over it. Don't have diesel cars. You know, because it was funny about that is it made me think of all the companies now are pledging the electric car by 2025. Mm-hmm. And we're all going to be driving electric cars. And I, wasn't it you or who was it that said, you know, what's going to happen if we run out of power? Because mm-hmm. how do you get out? How do you get out of, like, say, a hurricane? Like, say a hurricane comes through, or not suggesting that it didn't, but, you know, it, right. it comes through and you have no power. How do you charge your vehicle? And what's the backups? And I have a friend on Facebook who will remain nameless but was just thumbing her nose at how you suckers he's stuck at you know no gas stations. I have an electric car and so who's laughing now and I had to reply okay you realize your neighborhood's out of power right there is nowhere to plug in for the next several days who's laughing now yeah and it, it, it's, well, it's especially true. about something that is impacted so much like say Florida for example I mean, they had like three million areas, three million homes and areas that were out of power. Right. So you, I mean, you really are going to run into some issues, and there always needs to be a backup. You, you know, if you rely on any one technology, sooner or later, I think it's going to bite you. Now, speaking of Florida, just want to give you a quick uh, news update. Uh, Maria, I know a storm named Maria, and is actually upgraded to Category Three and is headed for Puerto Rico. I want to send out my thoughts to Puerto Rico because. It just got nailed not too long ago, and uh, hopefully Maria will decide not to cross the border and go back out in the Atlantic. I can't imagine, you know, making that decision to live somewhere and then the history of it. Because I I like Galveston a lot, Mm -hmm. but Galveston gets hit every 10 years by something pretty severe. I mean, but now it seems it's going to become more frequent, or I'm not really sure. I mean, to the point where you have to build your houses a certain way. Well, but they have in Galveston. The they they have. You know, they're up on stilts. They're they're prepared for it. Um, you, you know, you learn from your mistakes. Now, my, me myself, I'm thinking, do I need to move? I've flooded twice in as many years now, but I like my house, and it's not easy to you know, pack up and yeah. go through the whole rigmarole. Okay, I gotta. Get the mortgage documents, find a house, get the down payment, and so it's it, it's uh it's kind of a fugue state for for me right now. The missus and I have been talking about what we should do. We're gonna we're gonna stay put for now, spending lots of money to to put my walls back in, so <laughs> make it worth it. I'm telling you, you could set a new trend for houses where the bottom third of every wall is visible to everything else. So now, <laughs> if you're sitting there and you go, I wonder where Sean is. You just bend over bend and be down. like, let's see where his feet are. Like, there he is, taking a shower. All right. <laughs> there he is right there. Yeah, you really do get close to your spouse when there are no walls between any of the rooms. Well, just everybody. Yeah. Not just your spouse. Well, you know, you everyone else gets kicked out. 
I'm going to the bathroom. Everyone go play out in the yard. That's really funny right there. But uh, we are listening to Lone Star Community Radio, Mornings of the Lone Star. When we come back after uh, these sponsored messages, let's get back into the talk of the uh, the pay equality. Yeah, and absolutely. And things happening with that because I know Hollywood likes to talk about it. I know certain jobs are talking about We're talking about Google and that one guy wrote mm-hmm. that diversity report or memo and uh, how he got fired. I, I think he he's going to get some money. I think so. Google. Let's I think, get controversial. I, I think am... he's going to get some money because he. I mean, that's pretty bad to get mm-hmm. fired for that. Yeah. And uh, people, should, we're going to talk more into detail about him. So when we come back, Morning's Lone Star. Stick around. I'm going to let uh, Sean take over for going and grab a cup of coffee. You so go. We'll be back here on Mornings with Lone Star. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. This is Rick TRC. Every Monday through Friday from 3 to 7, I play today's country hits on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star, the type of music that makes you want to get off your seat, stomp your feet, sing along at the top of your lungs, and not care who hears on Lone Star Community Radio, Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1, and as always on Worldwide, IRLoneStar.com. It's Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy, the talk block. Yeah, we're back. We are back. Join uh, join in on the conversation. Mornings with Lone Star on Facebook and also 936-647-3776. There you go. <laughs> I was, was trying to sit down. Painfully <laughs> delivered. I miss the days when I could stand up without making sound effects myself. But uh, yeah, so we're uh, are earlier you, are we touched. you just a gassy person? No, no, no uh, bones creaking and stuff. Uh, but thanks for the visual, Dick. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, earlier we were talking about um, Hawaii Five-0 of all things. Uh, we tend to lean towards pop culture here. And uh, two of the actors, Grace Park and Daniel Day Kim, both who happen to be Asian or Polynesian, we've yet to look into that, um, but of the non-Caucasian persuasion, uh, are no longer on the show. And apparently they uh, had their agents ask for more money. They weren't offered, counter-offered enough back, and so they both walked. And took to social media, pretty much implying that, you know, there was discrimination and, you know, if you're white, you get paid a certain amount there. Um, And at that point, I believe the wrong argument was introduced that I don't think it was a race issue. It was a television show where you have stars and you have supporting cast. And uh, I got into a little uh, Facebook discussion with a friend of mine who very firmly is opposed to wage inequality and she took the stance that on a show like Hawaii Five-0, since it, quote, is an ensemble show, everybody should be paid the exact same amount of money. And I vehemently disagree with that. I'd like to get controversial from time to time. And on many levels, I am all for wage inequality. Well, I, yeah. there you go. Call in on that one, people. Well, man, it'd be funny just to see if they actually enforce that rule after the fact. Well, how many people would really go for that? The those who don't have it are the ones that naturally would like it. You know, the I don't want to say the have-nots want to well, have the have. Is that what they did with Friends, where they all got paid the same? 
Right. Um, because when you have a show, I mean, think about what it takes to put on a show. You have mm -hmm. pilot season. About 500 pilots are shot every year uh, with, the, with the hope of someone will pick it up. And then those 500 pilots are shopped to the networks. And approximately 10% of those are put on the air with a, a tentative series schedule behind them. So you have like 50 new shows a year spread out. Of those, maybe five will make it past the initial 13 episodes or so. Or so. That's why you have what's called the back nine or the back 13, which is, well, we'll give you half a season. And so that first season, no one knows because you think, oh, this is a guaranteed moneymaker. But there have been TV series that lasted one episode, literally, that had stars like uh, Heather Graham, Dudley Moore, Harvey Fierstein. I mean, these are ones that were canceled after the first episode. Really? And you just you wouldn't believe that that would happen. And so everyone's offered very little money when the initial contracts are, are signed. Once it becomes more popular and the network's making more money, that's when you start renegotiating the contracts. And Friends, the the TV show, all the actors banded together, the these the six actors, and insisted that they all be paid the same amount of money because they all did the same amount of work and they were a family. And... They did. They were the first cast to each get a million dollars an episode individually. And they were paid what the market would bear. As uh, uh, one actor pointed out, and I can't remember who, it could have been Tom Cruise, who said, I have not been paid one penny more than the amount that someone wanted to pay me the least amount of money, a studio executive. They don't want to pay extra money. And if Tom Cruise's box office appeal starts nosediving, he'll command less money per picture. It's just you're paid with the market. It's capitalism. You're paid what the market will bear. Uh, the West Wing, same thing, but not everyone got paid the same amount, but they all banded together from the stars like Martin Sheen, who, you know, Academy Award winning Martin Sheen, down to Dulé Hill, who's a young man, was his very first series, that they all said, if we're not adequately compensated according to our skills and talents, we will walk. But it didn't say that Dulé Hill was suddenly going to be making as much as Martin Sheen. Well, I mean, it's also what people outside perceive it as and what really happened internally. I imagine after working on a TV series for six years as an actor, you're pretty much ready to go somewhere else. Uh, there's probably the rare actor who just loves being there. Like, I, I love, I mean, we always talk about Star Trek, but there's so much documentation on Star Trek. Mm -hmm. You know, Patrick Stewart didn't really think the show was going to do well, and I can't believe he stuck around for so long. He almost G didn't. Given his talents and how, how esteemed actor he is, uh, especially regarded as the sh on, on the stage. Mm -hmm. And so you're tying down these people who are so used to playing different parts, and then you get that rare chance in a TV or a movie, and they just play the same person for 10, 15 years. I mean, there's some people who've done it for 20 years. Well, look at your your typical soap star, which, I mean, they're, they're kind of laughed at and, and viewed as sub- standard by most you know recognized actors but you have your susan lucci's of the world who played the same character for decades and happily so because i think they have a, an incredible sense of self-awareness i am playing a role in a hyper in an alternate reality where you know everybody looks beautiful and and you can have twins and die and come back and so they're more self-aware as opposed to many quote dramatic professional actors who take themselves, I believe, way too seriously and refer to their characters in the first person instead of saying, well, my character saves the day, it's I save the day. And as a director myself, that's kind of a red flag with an actor. So anyone thinking about auditioning for me down the line know that I look out for that. It's a, An actor should have that wall between them and their character. And much like any other job on the planet, um, some people can happily stay at you know, their office for 10, 15, 20 years if they're adequately compensated and appreciated. And I think it could sound appreciation. And I believe that on Hawaii Five O, Grace Park and Daniel Day Kim weren't feeling appreciated. I think they wanted to feel maybe a little too appreciated. The network replied with, well, we believe the market will bear paying you this. And they decided to turn it into more of a race issue in the fact that they're supporting actors well, up against that's, I mean, that's what happened with, with Jay, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, where she was arguing for equal pay and what it came down to and this is from my observation about any circumstance where we're talking about what you're being compensated is the negotiation has to take place first before you start complaining mm -hmm. and w there's a reason why it's called a negotiation it's not just a one-sided deal 
you work it out. Right. And unfortunately, and that's when some you know some people like I don't have any sources to cite, but that's some of the main argument for inequality pay is men are more lenient to argue for for better pay for whatever for worse mm-hmm. than, than women. Women are more complicit when it came to negotiation because women tend to just want to move on and get, keep going. And in a corporate environment, I'll actually take that ball and kind of run with it. In a corporate environment, it's because it's still relatively new for them. You know, I grew up in the yeah. 70s and 80s, so I saw that going down. Where, as, I, as I've mentioned, you know— No bank account. No bank account. Um, you know, they were held back career-wise, and which is why in the day, you know, the Mary Tyler Moore shows of the world or Maude, you know, where the, these were the first characters of a woman. You know, Mary Tyler Moore show was she was a professional woman on her own, not— Relying well, on a man. That's also why the stereotype of you always bring a man with you to the mechanic. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a true stereotype. Is, I mean, I've, I've been there in conversations where it's like, oh, make sure your brother goes with you just to sit there because. And it's sad, but true. It, it's it's a it's a fact that I think is going away. I mean, I know that there are female mechanics out there that can just blow me out of the water. And I am so. Well, I don't think it's necessarily who who's the mechanic is. I think it's just that's just the business. Because mm-hmm. I know me and a lot of folks who are growing up today don't know cars that well, right? And don't know what they mean when they say, "Hey, we're going to charge you four grand." And we were talking about that earlier about my Volvo and like the the issues I was having with that car, and that was there was a history with that car, and I just didn't understand why without without fail every time I leave the mechanic it'd be five hundred dollars, four hundred dollars without fail. And I'm like, I really wish someone could explain this to me because, I mean, that's a lot of money. And then when you start noticing that kind of money going someplace and connecting it to Hawaii Five O, you know the accountant is like, this is how much an episode costs us. We don't have any budget room for increasing this dude's pay by 40%. Right. And, you know, that's why it worked on West Wing because they said, hey, we can negotiate all together. And then I wonder in that negotiation with the West Wing folks is who got paid a little bit less. Because somebody had to get hurt in the end. Well, I think what happened—not mainly the main actors and actresses, but somebody like, all right, we'll pay we'll pay these actors more, but the guy on the crew who does all the food cut his cut the budget in half. There could be that, but also do know the substantial increase in revenue that NBC enjoyed between not having West Wing at all to the second because it was in the second season that they well, did this. But also that wasn't in the contract to where they diverted that money back into the the show. I mean, that's part of having that. That's why they film 500 pilots, because one's going to stick. Right. But where is it going to stick? I mean, that was one of the biggest things that I secretly I've, I was reading. Uh, I found out about Seinfeld and how much people, how much money was made by groups of people. You know who made money off of Seinfeld? Who? You never guess. Who? Steve Bannon. What? Yeah. The guy who everyone hates. Right. I, I was I was reading a, uh, a an article about producers. And about media rights, and that was one of the shocking ones that people found out that his company owned like ten percent of Seinfeld, because his the company at the time put money into different talk sh- or to different TV shows, and then when they got bought, they that's how it that's how they got funded for the pilots and stuff because they had to raise the money, and sometimes it didn't just come from one person, and yeah, he he was part of that. So when they when they went full syndication, he got paid a lot of money, and I know people kind of maybe carp on about that oh he's making too much money but that's it's a business investment a producer by any other name is called an investor and that's what they do they front the money because it it costs a lot of money to to do a quality performance with quality actors um i'm saying who are the accountant of hbo doing a good job right (laughs) doing awesome but i still see that's one model i don't wrap my head similar to triple a like how does hbo make their money because if you're if you're making 10 to 15 dollars a month from uh, I mean, I don't know how many subscribers they have. Because, like, for example, Netflix makes almost a billion dollars a month, but they—I don't know what their overhead is. And but then again, they spend it's three guys in their mom's basement. They spend a lot of money on the TV shows, mm-hmm. and then also the contracts they have to for the rights to show you the Disney and all that kind of stuff. So I don't really know. I mean, they've got to be making good money now, but at one point, it's not gonna—it's gonna get similar to like the football people where they want to pay. Four billion dollars, and they, I mean, there's not going to the money's not going to be there anymore. And that is the beauty of capitalism, because I'm all about capitalism. I grew up in socialist societies uh, as a youth, and and I love capitalism. And you know, favorite terms are you know what being paid with the market will bear. 
the market will correct itself. If somebody prices themselves out of business, whether it be a football league or a Hulu TV show. Do you know anybody on top of your head that prices themselves out besides these Hawaii 5.0 people? Uh, those, there are, tends to be kind of in the entertainment industry because, you know, there are ego issues. Uh, in, a, in an office, an admin assistant or the mail clerk know where they are in a pecking order because there is a a flow chart. You know, you have your organizational chart where you have your CEO, you have your C-level executives, and then you have your vice presidents, and then you've got your managers, and you've got your supervisors, and you've got your peons. And this is, that's how it goes is actually charts that, that show that out. In a entertainment environment, you have titles that people don't even know what they mean. Executive producer. What's the difference between an executive producer and a producer and a gaffer, grip, best boy, a lead actor, featured actor, supporting actor, uh, craft services. There's no, it's really hard to have a straightforward uh, uh, chain of command. Well, that's why it'd be interesting to do the studies of, you know, Google and these large tech companies because the traditionally everyone's mind said, oh, like a tech company is like one dude in a basement starts it. And then all of a sudden this company is a billion dollar company and Google is one of those great examples that they do so much, no one really knows what, how much money they make mm -hmm. and where it goes. And then that's part of you know wrapping up the segment about the memo is that was the argument is the basically Google is in so many areas that they're trying to change the way they integrate their company on what is currently popular in the you know in the social justice realm. Like one of the things this guy was talking about. Uh, the the writer he worked on Google Images, and he found that naturally through people's search, there were some prejudices against showing people certain ads. Okay, like because you know some people like in any in any world, or in today's world, if I told you I'm going to sell this to this woman because she's white and she looks like she has three kids and she looks like a suburban mom. I'm going to sell her this vacuum. Mm -hmm. And so, so if I told somebody that, people would be like, that's really that's really wrong to say. But Google Images was doing that. Okay. Because they learned the tendencies of this woman. And that's why they're even he was even suggesting that they'd have to go out and clean the AI because they didn't want it to seem that way. I got you. And recently Facebook got in trouble for it because they were placating to white supremacists. Because right supremacists who go on Facebook search certain things, and so the ads who they automate, they automate all the ads mm -hmm. by your search. It turns out like it shows up like, oh, you must be, you know, a bad person. Here's some bad things oh for my you to God. purchase. <laughs> yeah, and that's what. And the guy, this uh, this Google employee, was like, that's the way it was going, and a lot of people didn't want people to know about that because naturally, that's what happens when you let a computer who uses zeros and ones and logic yeah, the algorithm. to figure out the end, that's what's going to happen is they're going to try to sell you these items because that's who they think they, they think you are. And that's why they're, uh, what was it, Microsoft did an AI test and it turned out to be a disaster because it became a racist. Because <laughs> you can interact with it on Twitter. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, look I, up. Let's, take, let's take a break. I'm going to look that up. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. It was like a true deal where people were messing with the AI so much that it responded, it started responding what people were teaching it, and that became a racist <laughs> AI program. Oh, I'm still going to listen to so, this one. So uh, we'll be right back here on Mornings with Lone Star. we got a couple more minutes coming up at 11 o'clock. It's going to be the weekly business hour, so don't forget about that. Full lineup, IRLoneStar.com. We'll be right back. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5-106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. 
Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Hey, Montgomery County, it's me, C.C. Holmes, and I would personally like to take this time to invite you, that's right, you, to join me every Saturday and Sunday from 3 until 7 p.m., where I will bring you the very best, the very best of smooth jazz, classic jazz, and indeed, yes, the soulful sounds of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So come along and get jazzy with me, that's right, jazzy, (laughs) right here. Of course, on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongstar.com. And we're back. The mornings with Dick and Skippy yeah, here closing on it out. Radio. Having a good time so far, talking some funny things. Okay, so I read about this Microsoft deal. This is a real deal, folks. You I want to hear this. You need to look it up. It was called... T-A-Y. And basically what Microsoft wanted to do is they wanted to create a Twitter bot they described as an experiment in conversational understanding. And what ended up happening, like anything else you look up online and you let the people vote or let people involved, there's always going to be the nastiest outcome from it. And basically, if you, I don't want to repeat any of the stuff <laughs> Tay said, but she just repeated a bunch of really negative things about people. Uh, and so the love grew to hate pretty quick. Oh, really? I mean, I there's got to be what we should do tomorrow is just do like the top five things the internet has ruined. And uh, I think one of my favorite ones, the top of my head, it was it was either Pepsi or I think it might be Mountain Dew or something. They came out with a new Mountain Dew or a new soda pop, and they wanted the internet to vote on <laughs> what the flavor, like what to call it. And I think number one was Hitler didn't do anything wrong or something like that. And that was number one. And they had to like they had to shut it down because like the top five were really bad. And they opened it. I can't believe they didn't do any rules or anything on it. It was just like open vote. This is what's gonna happen. Well, there's one social and, media manager looking for a new job. Yeah. Oh, and that and that there's got to be. I'm gonna put together a list for tomorrow. And so for tomorrow, that's what we're gonna go over is when the internet ruined ruin something because i like that vote for the worst.com from the american idol days is that real yeah it's a website where they would pick the worst singer at that time and encourage everyone to vote for that one to show the flaw in the system that oh that's true yeah that's really funny but <laughs> there was just something that i can't believe they let the public do it because someone's gonna get bombarded and someone i mean it's gonna come out give them a list of like five that you've come up with and say choose your favorite and then but don't give people the power to come up with their own i just i just remember reading that it was like number one and what's great is they didn't remove it like it was just there for like a whole week like keep people keep voting and of course if someone sees that they're gonna be like yes that's great we should we should definitely i'm looking into that and i'm gonna look into tay and tay's responses oh they shut that down in a day well hopefully someone somewhere cashed it because i i want to see what uh, how artificial intelligence responded to uh whole bunch of dissatisfied twitter users <laughs> all right so I, I just i just found another one okay so there's a contest for taylor swift and there were basically it was a contest to get her to go perform somewhere well um on the poll horace man school was rocketed up in the top one well it turns out the horace man school is for the deaf <laughs> and so she uh yeah it that I mean, that's real. I mean, I'm looking at this list. It's it is hilarious. Like, for example, another one. I, Justin Bieber almost gets sent to, uh, gets sent to North Korea because he did a uh, fan fi- picks a destination for him to go perform, and people picked North Korea for him. I was one of those people. Were you? In my mind, I was. It happens actually when people do that. When you leave it open. We leave it open to, especially singers, like, where should we perform next? Uh, <laughs> Austin, Texas almost names his garbage dump day after Limp Biscuits uh, front man. Like, that's another one. Probably the most recent one was uh, there was a science vessel that they uh, were going to be releasing, and they gave it to the public to name it. 
and they want to call it like Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> and so that they won. Like Bodie McBoatface won, but there was something some issue with the nautical term when they name boats. They have to name it after a woman or something like that. It's kind of like the thing, okay. the history. So they had to like disqualify, but they named the submarine on it the Bodie McBoatface or something like that. But I, that's another one. We'll go more into that tomorrow. Uh, we'll do that for the talk block. Remember so. the good old days when you could name a space shuttle and you came up with the only logical answer, the Enterprise? Yeah. Yeah. No, Bodie McBoatface is 10 times better. <laughs> the starship Bodie McBoatface. I am so on board with that. I mean, think about, and that's one thing that people were upset about with it is the online community was like, why not just keep the name? Because that brings more attention to what this this vessel's doing. Because if you did a if you did like a tracking deal on Bodie McBoatface, people are gonna that's like once a month. So I'm like, hey, what's Bodie McBoatface doing? And it's gonna be. It, I mean, that's gonna work. I'm telling you. Absolutely. Yes, uh, Green Greenpeace names tagged whale Mr. Splashy Pants. I mean, Splashy Pants. Okay, we, we got to call these up for tomorrow, man. Yeah, this is so awesome. There's a lot. There's a lot that the internet has ruined when it came to open or made poll. awesome. Yeah, exactly. But thanks for tuning in. Coming up next, the weekly business hour, Skippy. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back at 8 a.m. here on IRLoneStar.com worldwide. Conroe's FM 1045-1061. Also, let us know on Facebook, Mornings of Lone Star. If you just now tune in and want to hear it, we, were, we always podcast our last segment with Talk Block, the Nitty Gritty. So stick around. Look us up on YouTube and also on Google Play and iTunes. We'll see you tomorrow morning. See you, Dick. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respected video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas, at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.